Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi guys, welcome back to the Cosmic Road Trip Podcast. I'm Brittany, your host, and I'm super excited today. I have one of my fellow friends and coaching colleagues on today. Beth is a transformation and self-worth coach. She helps women who feel over her own shit to do the inner work so she can feel worthy as fuck in life, love, and business. Welcome to the show, Beth. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Yay. How's your Sunday going? It's going good. I had a like relaxing morning with my journal and meditation and just the dog in my lap. Well, perfect. That sounds um, probably more on brand for you than mine was spent laying in bed on TikTok. So <laughs> um, it was amazing. <laughs> but sometimes that's what you need. Exactly. But yeah, well, good. I wanted to bring Beth on the show. Like I said, we actually, we we became friends in a mastermind that her and I were both in. And then just a natural friendship blossomed as somebody would, you know, in our Voxer chat, I'd be like, well, that's me too. And if I said something, she'd say, that's me too. And we just kind of clicked and became friends even after the mastermind ended. And I have been following along on Beth's Instagram. She has lately been working with a lot of clients on manifesting love and partnerships, relationships. And I know that that's a big sticking point for a lot of people. And while I don't personally, you know, struggle with that, I thought it would be better to bring an expert on (laughs) in that because I've been with my husband for 15 years. So while I think I manifested him, that's been obviously over a decade ago. So I think having Beth here to talk more about what, you know, what really goes on and how to consciously do that would be better than me trying to remember what I did 15 years ago (laughs) when I was 20 and in college. So Beth, can you give us like a little background? You can go as deep as you want on kind of how you got into coaching or maybe your story and how that led you to making 
coaching and self-worth and transformation part of your life path? Sure. So relationships have just been the biggest portal for my own growth and transformation. And especially with men and dating, I infused a lot of my self-worth into my past relationships. And so as you can imagine, when they would end, I would feel so lost, so um, broken. So just what do I do from here? Because my power had been put in another human being. And so Mm -hmm. that started as early as high school for me. I actually was in an abusive relationship in high school and beginning of college. um, And that obviously stemmed from a lot of self-worth issues. And then I, um, after that, I met an amazing man who I felt very safe with. um, And we dated for a few years. And he was in the military. So every time he would deploy, I would feel, again, that loss of power. And Mm -hmm. um, eventually, he ended up passing away. He We broke up. And about a year after we broke up, he passed away from a drug overdose. And even him just leaving this physical earth took a sense of me and my worth with him because I had still just instilled so much possibility in us getting back together and in me being responsible for, you know, his traumas and things like that. So that relationship came and needed a lot of healing and forgiveness. And then a relationship that I entered immediately after that to avoid dealing with my own grief and loss. Um, brought up a lot of infidelity and trust issues. So it was these constant cycles of using relationships to avoid my deepest fear of being alone, of abandonment. And so I would, you know, latch on to men to validate my worthiness. And it was in the ending of all those relationships and all of the pain and the loss finally caught up to me at this point where I just had to face it and had to deal with it in order to figure out who I was in order to feel worthy of true love and connection and a healthy relationship. And it was through that process of transformation that I then felt ready and I learned about manifestation. I learned about co-creation and how powerful we really are. And I was like, well, this is someone I want to be my life partner I don't I want to take this seriously. Like I want to call in intent with intentionality someone that I actually know is like, you know, a relationship that will be healthy and last. And so that's what I did. And so now I help other women do that and it's just it's become um my passion just because I have experienced so much pain and trauma around it that I think it's it's, you know, it puts all that a purpose in all of that pain and that loss. And so makes me happy. Oh, that makes so much sense. I I mean, I think we've all had friends who have definitely wrapped their identity and self-worth up into other, you know, specifically into men or into their relationship. And like the friend that kind of goes MIA when they get a boyfriend and then they come back around when the relationship is over. And so I think that that's probably something that a lot of people have struggled with before. Yeah, definitely. It's it's um, um, something that, in my family uh, too, <laughs> so it carries uh, on some generational weight as well. Yeah, I I definitely think I I know for a fact 
like my parents had a very dysfunctional relationship, but because of that, my mom was very, she made like instilled very high standards for what a relationship should be in her eyes, you know, and, and having that kind of like, um, you know, I'm not settling mentality definitely helped me out, but I think, you know, in other ways it obviously messed with my viewpoint on relationships. And luckily I ended up with somebody who was willing to work with me through some of my other, like, basically I didn't fight or flight. I always would flight. I'm like, well, we should just break up (laughs) anytime we had a disagreement because I didn't want to end up like my parents, but that's another day, another story. Um, one thing I wanted to ask, just this just kind of popped up and I think it's just kind of, I don't know if it's coincidence or not. So Pete is your boyfriend. Do you, is it Pete or Peter? Everyone calls him Pete. I call him Peter. <laughs> okay. I can call him okay. one. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll call him Pete if you you keep your love for Peter and I'll, I'll call him Pete like the other people. So um, I he's sober, correct? Correct. Yeah. He's um, just hit over four years sober. Mm-hmm. So did you manifest that with, I I mean, with the previous relationship, he died of an overdose. Was that something that like was an issue when you guys were together? And so you knew you didn't want that? Or is that just kind of a coincidence that happened? I mean, I think it's really the universe because it wasn't something that I intentionally set out on. I want to date someone that's sober. But now Mm -hmm. looking back at his life, and I've known him since we actually went to middle school together for one year. I was in eighth grade. He was in sixth grade. So we've crossed paths on our life journey several times before, but it wasn't until he had, you know, gone through his evolution of the self-work that was required in his recovery. And I had gone through my own transformation and healing journey that actually led me to, you know, release the desire for a lot of substances that I was using to numb pain um, mm-hmm. prior. So it kind of made us into the people that we are that became an aligned energetic match for each other. And so it wasn't something I had intentionally said, I want to date someone who's sober, but I love that he is because of the inner work that he's done on himself. Awesome. Okay. So I have two follow-up questions to that. Number one, do you still drink alcohol? I do. I drink. It's very rare, but I do. I'll I'll have a drink um, every now and then. Like on Christmas, I had some wine with my family. So I do have a few beverages, but not like I used to. I used to drink excessively pretty much every single weekend. Okay. I just wanted to ask it, not because of like anything there. I think sometimes people think they have to be on the exact same like – playing field is their is their partner and you know like a lot of people mine comes up more so from being vegan and people mm-hmm. are like what if Levi didn't I'm like well he doesn't have to I didn't force him to do that I'm not going to cook meat but he just luckily eats that way because it's easiest for him and likes my cooking so it works out but um and now obviously he cares about the same causes and the more information but when I made that decision it wasn't like well gosh now I'm going this he's he's you know kind of pushed to the side because of possibly living a different way. So I was just curious if you had thoughts around like that. I mean, I just asked about the sober part because I think I knew that you, you do have some cocktails or drinks every once in a while, but I was curious if that ever comes up for any of your clients. 
Oh, that's interesting. No, not for any of my clients hasn't come up yet. It was definitely something I had to work through because, you know, these things come up for us and these insecurities about like, hey, will I never have a glass of wine again? Like that was something that I had to look at and then discuss with him. And the old version of me would have wanted to kind of sweep that conversation under the rug, but (laughs) it's about having those hard conversations. And um, we don't – like there are things in our relationship that I'm really proud about that we actually completely disagree on. And <laughs> the old the old Beth would have looked for someone that believed every single thing that she did because it felt easier um, to be in mm-hmm. a relationship like that. But what this has taught me is that whether it's politics or, you know, alcohol or whatever it is, we can believe different things and still love and respect each other deeply at our core. And that to me is the actual definition of unconditional love. And so the fact that we are navigating and mastering that and that, you know, has been an evolution in our relationship over the past year and a half is, is something that I'm really, really proud of. Oh, I love that so much. That's, that's so good. The second part of what I wanted to ask you hit on that you used to numb like either with substances or, you know, I don't know necessarily, and you can go as deep or, you know, as, as you don't want, but we talk a lot about embodiment on this podcast and really working with our feelings versus numbing and, and doing that. Um, either how did you kind of start to make that transition from numbing or what were you, you know, using as a tool to numb versus what you do now to help process the emotions that come up. And and it doesn't even have to be about relationships. It can just be in life. I just like that you you touched on that. Yeah. A lot of my – I used pretty much everything I could think of to avoid feeling my feelings. So mm. whether it was, you know, the physical abuse or emotional abuse from the first relationship or grief or loss or even just rejection or whatever – you know, one time I remember getting rejected from a promotion, like even things like that. Um, I would either drink, I would party, I would eat food, food or not eating, you know, was a way to, I would go between not eating for days and eating a lot at once. Um, so mm-hmm. food was a way that I controlled not looking at my feelings. Um, what working, overworking was a big one for me. Um, I was a CPA for, close to six years. And so I would work, I was always the girl that would work as much as possible (laughs) to not have to deal with going home and being alone with her feelings. So it can come in the form of things that like seem like they're a good thing. Like it's great to work, you know, 80 hours a week and all of that, but it really was all a coping mechanism and avoidance mechanism. So what I started to do is I started journaling, I started meditating, I started looking at, you know, my thoughts, I started actually feeling my feelings. And um, I started, I hired a mentor. That was really what kicked off my healing journey was I hired a coach that I had found online and I worked with her for six months and I just went all in on so much forgiveness of Mm. all like any and everything that I could think of that had wounded me or left me feeling like a victim or just that plagued my mind and my thoughts and my fear. 
I he I worked around it and I worked to heal it and I worked to forgive every single person that I could in my life that had caused me pain and also to forgive myself. And it was in that that I really truly like started to open my heart to the world and to show and be like the most authentic version of me. Oh, I love that. I mean, it always comes back to doing our own work. It's not about changing anything outside of us. It's always something that we can go inward to work through, work on, be aware of. And I love that because that's exactly what I went through, just in necessarily different avoidant, I'm sure, numbing techniques versus what I definitely am not the person that likes to work 80 hours a week. So that would never have worked for me. I would have been avoiding that instead. But um, that's its own thing. I, I definitely avoid hard work. So that's a whole other you know, situation there. So, um, okay. Now that I've made you dig up all of your, your background stuff, <laughs> Let's talk about manifesting love, partnerships, relationships, whatever somebody could be wanting to call in into their life. What's generally the first step that you work with with somebody? What do you go through with them? Kind of how do you suggest somebody start really working towards calling in, calling in their partner? Well, I, I like to, to get clear around um, what exactly they're looking to call in. Like, what is it? Like, what qualities do they want in their person? And mm-hmm. then, and like, what, you know, what type of relationship, what, who, like, whether it's, you know, physical qualities or internal qualities or how this person shows up or things that they enjoy or et cetera, all of the above, like looking at that very clearly. And then I like to start digging. I ask a lot of questions. I'm like, I'm a 5 1 in human design. So I'm an investigator, detective, I forget what it's called, challenge, like a challenge solver. So I am Uh like all about the research and the digging. And so that's my intuitive gift is digging to the root of where they are blocking the, this person from coming into their life. So, and they can do it in ways that they don't even realize that they're doing it. And so I ask intuitive questions to really dig to the root of what they need to let go of to embody the version of them that is already in this relationship of their dreams. Okay. I love that. Um, As far as – would you say that – so one thing, I hate journaling. Like it's just like I don't do it. And that's kind of an unpopular opinion I feel like in – like the spiritual world, everyone, it, which there are tons of people that love it. So I can see why somebody, you know, prescribes that can like, is it okay for somebody to be asking these questions that just in like a contemplative manner? Can they be working through it? Like, I don't know, through an audio text to themselves, like how would they, if they were starting to work on asking themselves these questions and figuring things out, if somebody hated journaling, aka me, and also I just like having options, what would you tell them to start <laughs> digging through their stuff? I love this. I have come up with clients <laughs> that feel the same way. Um, yeah. I That's, I think, why I love working with people one-on-one or in small groups is because it doesn't have to be through journaling. A lot of times mm-hmm. on the calls, I'm really getting them to – tune into their body, like take long, slow, deep breaths, relax their conscious mind, 
And then I just start intuitively spitting off the questions to figure out where the blockages are and then give them the targeted advice to shift their embodiment to become the vibrational match. Because say say they have a fear of rejection. So say we like these questions all get to a fear of rejection. So they're not showing up as their authentic self. There's ways that they're doing that that may not be completely related to dating at all. So I had a client who was not showing up vulnerably in conversations with her girlfriends, with um, friends that she had, these close friends she's known for forever. And she Mm -hmm. wasn't speaking her heart. She wasn't enforcing boundaries. She wasn't being open and authentic. And so if she's not trusting herself to do that with friendships, she's very likely going to go out into the dating world and also not trust herself to show up vulnerably and authentic and, you know, speak up for her desires. So embodying that within her friendships now is how she becomes the vibrational match to do that with men. So it can be um, it can be just like that, just very simple. And 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 what it does is it also you know brought her more connection within the friendships as well, which was a byproduct that she didn't expect to have when we started working together. So these ways that you're blocking love, the deep connection that you desire in a partnership, they're already in your life right now. You're already doing them in some way, shape, or form. And so if you embody the version of you that would be in this deeply connected and intimate relationship, and if you embody her in every other facet of your life, um, naturally you'll call in that man and then you'll trust yourself to show up as that version of you when he's there too. Oh, I love that. It's kind of like a ripple effect that it can, all of those kind of things can affect positively any relationship in your life, whether that's in your family, personal, coworkers, and, and love, obviously. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, no journaling required. Can be audio. Like you, could, <laughs> you could record these comments. The most important part is that you relax your body and you don't answer with your conscious mind and you don't overthink mm. the answers. Um, that's where we pull it out of like your unconscious. And so it's a lot of shadow work, really. I know that's something I always work with on clients when I'm asking them a question. I'm like, don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Don't tell me what somebody told you once is the answer. I want you to tell me the first answer that pops up into your mind, even if it sounds crazy, because it's usually something either the the thread that will start to like unravel what actually is coming up or it could actually just be what the the issue is versus people thinking that somebody knows better than them, something that they read, something that they heard from a friend of a friend who did this and yada yada versus just actually listening to themselves and generally mm-hmm. before I dig in with clients, we've gone through something of an embodiment, a relaxation process to allow their kind of nervous system to relax before they they start answering questions. Yeah. And I this is why I love questions in coaching because that's where people have the deep breakthroughs. Like when they are the mm-hmm. ones speaking the answer, they're the ones coming to the breakthrough for themselves versus me being a coach that's just talking at them. Like they're saying it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like they're having that moment of aha for themselves. I'm not just speaking at them. I can tell them exactly what it is, but when they speak it, it's like they recognize it, their awareness expands and they are like, holy cow. (laughs) 
Yeah. And that's the amazing thing about coaching the feedback in the moment that's happening when they answer a question that then you're able to ask another question and go deeper or provide some sort of initial feedback on what they answered versus if somebody's reading a book and the book can ask the exact same questions that a coach would ask, but they're not in that moment to then immediately say, okay, I hear you saying this, is this also X, Y, and Z, or how has this come up before for you? Or what I'm seeing is a pattern when you're answering this of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the benefit of coaching versus any sort of self-study, which I have self-studied my way through so many things, but I can tell you it is easier working with a coach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm a three, six in human design. I like to try and do everything myself, which is also funny because as a six, I'm meant to be a leader and somebody that people come to from advice. So it would make sense that I go to people for advice, but my way of moving through life is trying everything. So I've tried coaches and books and all of that, and it is way easier <laughs> with a coach. Yes. So, okay. Like I said, I spent this morning on TikTok and a question that popped up as I was going through, I'm on like the cool spiritual talk and the witch talk and manifestation talk and all of the fun, good stuff. I'm obsessed with TikTok, but something that I, I've seen come up is like making a list for, they call it like the, the SP on like in TikTok world, which means like a specific person that you're trying to call in or like a previous relationship. And you're supposed to make a list according to a lot of these TikTokers. How do you feel about making a list for a partner? Do you like to keep it detailed, more broad? Do you even make a list? Where does that fall in line with what you, what you teach? So I personally did make a list and here's where I employ a little human design now because in human design, you can either be a specific or non-specific manifester and I am specific. So now I realize why it worked so well for me to make this very specific list, which was mostly focused on like attributes and characteristics. I didn't really go into the physical. I did kind of funny. I did sit, put one physical quality on there, which was that he's taller than me. And my boyfriend is probably like just a hair taller than me, even though he has no hair, but he is <laughs> taller than me. And so I'm like, okay, universe, I see what you did there. You, you gave me someone taller than me, just not a lot taller than me. So yeah, real cute universe. <laughs> real cute. <laughs> so specific can age you if you are a specific manifester, um, which I am. So I think it helped me, but with my clients, I look at their chart and I, you know, determine whether they're specific or non-specific, and then I guide them there based on, you know, which they are. And mm -hmm. for me, the most important part though, was to really embody the feelings and the energy of who I wanted to be and what I would be feeling on a regular basis in the relationship. That I think mm -hmm. was, was the key unlock to calling in such an amazing masculine man that like really truly holds so much space for my feminine energy. And I know you've talked about this like feminine masculine on the podcast. Um, and he just, he has nailed that part. And so the emotions that you want to embody in the relationship is really crucial and starting to embody those regularly. And so that comes through, you know, connection to yourself and connection to source, God, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
because you can be an amazing relationship, but if you don't have that connected feeling from within, you're not going to feel the love and connection um, in the partnership either. Mm, I love that. So good. I actually, right before you even mentioned it, I wasn't just, you had touched on masculine and feminine and obviously said it on the podcast uh, or that I've talked about it, but I wanted your opinions. Do you work with masculine and feminine energy when you're coaching or even just in your personal life? What does that show up for you in your life? Um, so I still consciously, I think, so there was, you know, a lot of healing of my masculine wounds prior. And it's very clear that I was, you know, not feeling safe to be in my feminine and, and I had a lot of wounds around abandonment and wounds with the masculine. And so it's why I, I wouldn't trust men. And so that was really important for me to be able to call in a partner that I do deeply, deeply trust. I had to develop that trust with the masculine energy in general. Um, mm-hmm. And that's evolved over time. So to call him in, there was inner work I had to do. And now to like deepen our connection and to deepen our vulnerability after we moved in together in what was that May and we're now in January of 2022, there were more fears and instances that (laughs) welcomed more embodiment into my feminine energy as we got closer and as the relationship deepened. And so that's why it's so important to not look at the inner work as just inner work that you do to get the thing that you want. It's a constant and continuous evolution because had I not continued to do the inner work, you know, I would have self-sabotaged an amazing relationship. So, yes, we we work on that a lot. And uh, he's just really, really freaking good at, like, holding space, like, being that container um, for feelings when the feelings come up. And they do because oh. I'm emotional authority. <laughs> like, come on. Um, they do right there with you. But yeah, and that's just the proof of how, you know, powerful this work, this internal work is because never in my life have I been in a relationship like this where I felt so safe to be myself. That's amazing. And completely and totally possible for anyone else who is longing for that. That's not you know, Beth and I aren't any different. It's totally possible for everyone out there. It just takes you committing to yourself and the work internally, the mm-hmm. the work on yourself. You can scream all day long at your partner to be try to become the person you want them to be or work on yourself, which is what you can control and what you can take care of, um, you know, and make life a lot better that way. So I love that. Okay. So this is just kind of a fun one. And I just, I love um, like hot takes or unpopular opinions on things. And so in relationships, my unpopular opinion, and I say this wholeheartedly believing it because there are a ton of people in my life who say this. There are friends who say this. It is like cute to husband bash all over TikTok. Um, I don't think relationships have to be hard. I don't think that it's hard work. I personally don't think that it has to be this like, not saying that, you know, there's never disagreements or anything like that. But overall, my relationship is by far the easiest thing in my life. And so I'm curious, do you, number one, 
have an opinion about that? Or number two, do you have any of your own unpopular opinions when it comes to relationships, love, all of that? I'm with you on this. Like, I mean, there's been, um, so this is my experience. So he came Mm -hmm. into my life with the most ease. Like it was literally the best thing I've manifested with the least amount of effort, quote unquote, because of the Mm -hmm. embodiment work that I did. Um, and there came this point in our relationship where it started to feel a little hard and that was after we moved in together. And obviously that Mm -hmm. was the transition of like different lifestyles and schedules and sleep patterns and all that stuff. But it started to feel hard because I was again, coming up against a worthiness block of again, Mm -hmm. not feeling worthy for this next level relationship for this deeply committed man that I had, you know, never experienced before. It was like this moment of everything I've wanted and every, like all the pain I've been through in relationships, here it is. It's in my reality. Yay. And like, (laughs) as it started to stay in my reality, I started, my nervous system started to have a little freak out. And so I started to go into self-sabotage mode, which looks like, you know, picking fights that aren't really that important. What you talked about earlier, trying to change your partner or, you know, feeling like a little bit of a victim here or there. And it was all internal for me. And when I sh- recognized it, became aware of it and was like, holy shit, you're blocking like the thing that you want again. Like, let's shift. Let's do the work. Let's not, you know, try to cast blame. It's st- It started opening another avenue of ease on an even deeper level. And now it's like we had a conversation the other night that, you know, a few months ago would have probably been an argument, but we both showed up so vulnerably and just like we we were making a decision in our relationship together and we were actually talking about our fears and like how they mm. came to us from prior relationships and we were doing it from this space of like non-judgment or like not like oh my gosh you're scared to do this thing because you've experienced this in the past like we were literally truly just open and vulnerable talking about our desires talking about our fears and i was just like holy crap, this is how easy it's supposed to be. This is like, this is it. Go us. <laughs> I saw you post about that on on Instagram. So I love that. Yes, it does get to just be like that. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. The relationship or the the love necessarily isn't the work. It's the work on our, the continual work on ourselves, the continual expansion and growth within us. It was about you coming up against a worthiness wall that you were trying to like bust through and, or hold, you know, stand in your kind of power on I'm worthy of this. I I desire it and I want it and I get to have it versus my husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, whoever, causing the issue versus, like you said, self-sabotaging. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that. Um, okay. So if somebody, if somebody were to start manifesting love, what would be three tips that you would give them three steps to just start their journey on their own right now? Just three quick, simple, whatever you would, would recommend. I think letting go. I think the biggest part of manifestation that people try to skip is not like, what do I need to do? But starting with like, what do I need to let go of 
in order to be the version of me that's the vibrational match for this. And so for me, it was letting go of the the victim mentality that I had carried from relationship to relationship my entire life um, and forgiving each of those men. And I can tell you, uh, uh, one of them, I even messaged and told him I forgave him. You do not have to oh. do this, but I felt led and called to. And it was eight days later that I connected to my now boyfriend. So Ugh. there is so much power in letting go. Um, so I would say that's a very good place to start. And um, it's really hard to call in something that you desire if you are living through the lens of your past. So yes, that's number one. Okay. Number two, obviously clarity on what you want. Clarity on what you want and taking it a step further. But like, am I holding the standard for myself to also be this and embody this because a lot of times we hold really, really high standards for our partners, but we don't hold the highest similar standards for ourselves. So it's like, am I being this version of the person that I would want to be with? And that's that's a lot of embodiment work and getting really honest with yourself too, like really, truly honest, <laughs> which can- I'm obsessed with that one. The <laughs> quote you just said, um, am I being that standard for myself was, that's huge. I love that. Yeah. And that's obviously what I caught myself in, you know, this past year, even in the relationship now. So um, that's a continual one, whether it's life, business, relationships, am I being the standard? And then the last one, also, you know, have fun with it. I think taking the pressure off really helped. I just, there was this day where I just decided. I was like, it went from an if I meet my my soulmate to a when. And when I decided, like, I am meeting him in this lifetime. It is happening. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, <laughs> I'm all on board, like, universe. Like, <laughs> just show me what to do. When I went to that mode, and that energy, I took the pressure off of every single text or every single call or every single date. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is the first date. Now like I need to decide if I want to marry this person. <laughs> it was like, I'm going to meet my person no matter what, whether it's in five days, five years. So what's the kind of life that I want to live until then? Do I want to be like stressing out over each text that any man sends me? Or doesn't send me? Or do I want to like be having fun? Do I want to be growing my business? Do I want to be traveling? And that's when I really started to just like live my life. I went on a um, solo trip to Ireland. I moved, you know, to the South when I grew up in DC my whole life. So have fun in the in-between because that's you showing the universe that you have trust that he's coming. And even if it is 10, 15, 20 years, like would you want to spend those 20 years, you know, freaking out or actually enjoying your life. Oh, so good. And something that just kind of like hit as you were saying that those three steps, you guys, I know we're talking about love and relationships, but those steps can help you manifest anything, anything that you are trying to call in. Those steps can be the pathway to help you start calling stuff in. So that is beautiful. Even if you're not looking for a relationship, she just dropped some gold for you to be able to call in whatever you want. Yeah. Or if you're looking for a deeper connection in your current relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Okay. Last question on relationships and energy and all of that. And then I'll go to kind of my closing questions. But 
I, again, TikTok, came across this. They're calling it dark feminine on TikTok, and I've talked about that. I don't necessarily agree with the term, but it's more of a kind of new embodiment of feminine energy. And something I saw, I think it was just yesterday, it said it was like a um, kind of a stitch. And the first part of it was somebody saying, you know, tell me something that you used to believe in that you don't believe in anymore. And the stitch was of a woman and she's not a coach. She's not a, I, I think she's a makeup artist, if I remember correctly, because I clicked over to see what she did. And her response to it was, I'm, uh, that I had to be a strong, independent, like go get her badass woman. And now I'm a damsel in distress. Like, yes, I can take care of myself and take care of anything I need in my life. But do I want to? No. From here on out, I'm a damsel in distress. I want the masculine energy taking care of me so I can do what I want on my own terms kind of deal was the the answer to it. So I'm curious. I have seen this. I mean, I've been talking about it. I'm in a membership that talks a lot about it. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on this kind of possible shift that's happening from the 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 strong independent don't need a man situation to no do I, I don't need it but I want it and I want to be taken care of in whatever way I define that for myself what do you feel about that what are your thoughts um well the hyper independence for me was a block like a blockage like it was a trauma induced response and so my brain and my ego convinced myself I didn't need a man, which is true. We don't like, quote unquote, need them. But I had placed that label of I don't need it um, on top of my desire for it because I didn't believe in my desire actually coming to fruition. So rather than saying, I'm really scared, I can't find the relationship of my dreams or it won't happen for me. I labeled it as I don't need it. I'm good. And so it was an identity that wasn't really serving me. And it honestly wasn't my true deepest desire. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is something I see a lot, especially when we have the masculine wounds. It's like we step in to fill that void of the masculine energy, but we're doing it from a wounded space. So it doesn't even feel good to us. And it can be a huge block. And so yeah, I don't need my man to change the light bulb or to, you know, get me dinner or whatever it is, but it feels really good when he does. <laughs> and so <laughs> I love it and I'm here for it. And even last night when he was changing light bulbs, I was like, he he sells lighting. It's his job. And so I'm like, this is my man, my light man. He takes care of everything. We have the best lights in like the neighborhood. They're primed <laughs> with the devices. And I'm not going to say the name because she, you know, start <laughs> – popping off, but their time with devices. And so just like praising that he shows up and does that, it's not a weakness. It's a strength to lean into that receptive energy. So yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And you hit on my favorite thing because everyone thinks they have a wounded feminine, which I think our wounded feminine is just kind of like covered up versus having a wounded masculine. I I love that you said that. That Mm, mm. chef's kiss. If you guys could see me, I'm doing the chef's kiss face. So um, that was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, that's a big block to work through for a lot of women is like, do you feel mm-hmm. safe to be held and let this person show up for you? Yes, it is. And it does take a lot of power and strength to sit back and 
kind of allow, like you said, that receptive energy to come in and to be taken care of and to get what you want without having to force or manipulate or compete or strong arm hustle your way through something. So I love that, that you said that. So that's amazing. Okay. Anything else you want to add on the relationship manifestation before I do our closing questions? Did I touch on anything, everything, anything that you want to say? No, I think the last thing that's coming up is just like hold that standard for what you want and be that standard. And if you have trouble saying no to anything less than that standard, look at it because if you desire commitment and people that don't want commitment are coming into your reality, it's so vital that you feel safe to say no because that's how you're going to become that energetic match. So that was good enough. Just want to say it. Hold the standards, set the boundaries. I love it. I love it. Okay. So what's a recent lesson you've gone through or that you've learned? It doesn't matter. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be relationship related. Mm, recent lesson. I would say that um, being just continually deepening your vulnerability. Like in my relationship, it's a continual like looking at my overarching, the fear of my life was fear of abandonment and it's continual work for me. There was a time in my healing journey where I thought, oh, I'm good. I'm over this. But like (laughs) it's just – it's a continual thing. So if you feel like you thought you were over something and it's coming back up, like that's okay. It doesn't mean that the work you did was in vain or that you're broken or you need all this extra fixing. Like – just keep looking at it and just keep moving. Oh, good one. That's so good. Okay. What are you currently manifesting in your life? Mm, currently manifesting just a, um, mostly a growth in business. Um, so helping – serving more women in this capacity, helping you know more people with this work. And then also we're manifesting a bigger living space. So we are currently living in a one-bedroom in D.C. And we're looking to move into a probably a townhouse. Um, so we have more space. And then probably the evolution of our relationship. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. That's so good. Okay, what's the last thing that you manifested, big or small? It doesn't matter. Mm, so on our house hunt, we manifest an opportunity to move into a larger apartment in our current building, and it was so easy, so effortless, and this is where we were like, but is this really what we want? And it was almost like we almost stepped um, into it in a little bit of fear that we couldn't manifest the full version of what we desire, and instead, we didn't. So. I saw that as a win because it's like the universe handed us on a silver platter, like close to what we want, but not the full version. So I always look at everything as a win, even if I'm turning it down. Uh, I No, I think that's beautiful. I love that so much. And it's so true. Um, you don't always like sometimes something manifests for you just to realize that's actually what you didn't want, that you are setting and your standard and realizing like, oh, no, this this actually wasn't it. So that's beautiful. Okay. How can people find you? What do you have open work-wise programs, one-on-one? Do you have Instagram, website, all of the things? Give us all the goodies because I'm sure people are going to be dying to, to hit you up. 
So Instagram's the best place to find me at Beth underscore Hostetler, H-O-S-T-E-T-L-E-R. Um, and right now I'm working with women one-on-one mostly. Um, so I have breakthrough sessions and then I have longer term containers or commitments. And then I am going to be launching a program sometime this year. It's probably going to be February or March um, around worthiness and really just embodying your true, innate, infinite worth detached from money, men, et cetera, relationships, anything. Oh, I love that. So it'll be good for anyone. We all have worthiness stuff we work through in some capacity or another. So that's amazing. I'm going to put your Instagram handle link in the show notes. You guys follow her. Beth is on her stories all the time, dropping golden nuggets and lessons and things that you can implement into your life. So make sure you follow her along. But Beth, I loved having you on. Obviously, I love you. We chat and hype each other up all the time on Instagram, but I'm so, so happy that you were able to join us, and I'm sure everyone is going to benefit from this conversation. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.